VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. We do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk each weekday afternoon at the same time here on the VCY American Network. And I think you'll find today's program to be quite intriguing. You know, ever since Elon Musk announced that uh, he was going to make a bid for Twitter, there was an uproar that took place across the, na- the, the nation, really, and uh, amongst those primarily coming from the left end of the spectrum. Uh, many were very concerned how he might upend the company, and, uh, and uh, many, no doubt, uh, were concerned that things would be exposed, which they are. Many left when he took over, and many have been released from their employment since he has taken over and have seen the, 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 the bias that has happened in this, in this company. Well, in the wake of the ownership change, Elon Musk has called his organization Twitter. He's called it both a social media platform and a crime scene. I mean, there are revelations that back up previous allegations and expose what was going on behind the scenes, cover-up, disinformation, censorship, shadow banning of conservatives, and more. Well, our guest today has been uh, covering the Twitter files and reports that he's been writing for The New American. His name is R. Court Kirkwood, a contributing writer to The New American. He's also a former newspaper editor. And, Court, welcome back here to Crosstalk. Well, thank you very much for having me again. So what's your reaction to Elon Musk calling Twitter both a social media platform and a crime scene? Do you agree? <laughs> well, I'm not looking at the files but I'll, uh, directly, but I'll trust them. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he owns the company. He knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think there are several interesting things about Musk's takeover. You know, when conservatives were bellyaching about what was going on at Twitter with the censorship and the shadow banning and the deleting of accounts, you know, the leftists were saying, well, hey, this is a private company. They can do whatever they want. So when Musk bought it, um, all of a sudden, well, no, we have we have uh, Keith Olbermann and Rob Reiner calling for investigations. We have to – there is something going on. So Musk needs to be indicted. I mean, just insane things. Yeah, yeah. So they never really believed – uh, that Twitter was an, was a, was uh, you know the equivalent of a public board where anybody could post anything they wanted politically. Uh, they viewed it as their playground. Uh, you know, certain conservatives, mostly controlled opposition, would be tolerated, provided they didn't cross certain lines. But you know, America First or immigration patriots or people that say things that that were contrary to the received wisdom of of either the radical left or the deep state, you know, they were purged or shadow banned or their, or their posts were limited. Uh, uh, you've, uh, you've used her term, so, but there are many who said, we don't know what shadow banning is, so define what shadow banning is. Well, it, 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 what happens is, is you're, you're, you're tweeting, but not, you're not getting any response or visibility mm-hmm. because they're using, their, they're using their control of the platform to limit the reach of your... Of your um, your uh, you know, of your post. Yeah. I mean, I see this all the time. I mean, there are people I follow that I never see in my Twitter feed, mm-hmm. ever. And I follow them. So if I want to know what they're saying on Twitter, I actually have to go to their page. I have to actually go to their Twitter account and then look at it. D- um, d- didn't Twitter deny that they were shadow banning? Oh, yeah, of course they denied it. And it's, that's ridiculous. Of course they're, of course they're shadow banning. Now, mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, you know, Musk, we have to understand something about Musk. Um, we, he is now being called a, a member of the far right because of, the, because of the things he has said about Twitter and the issue of free speech on Twitter. And, uh, but that, that's ridiculous. He, he, voted for, he voted for Biden, he voted for Clinton, and he voted for Obama. Mm-hmm. That, that's not really characteristic so, of a person on so, the far so right. What, where did we get this idea the guy is uh, is is a, a far rightist mm-hmm. or, or 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 a member of the alt right as they call it? Uh, you know, this is just a this is just a um, a smear. There, it's not a smear, but it's a an inaccurate representation of this guy's politics. So they have a because re- so they can continue to attack him because he's actually one of their own, but he appears to be an honest uh, leftist. Um, who says, no, we're not going to let this platform do this to people. It's supposed to be an open platform, and that's the way it's going to function. 
And this, I believe, also is why the radical left and the Democrats were so upset that he took over. Two reasons. One, he's going to make this place a real free speech platform. People are going to be able to say things, and if, uh, and if leftists don't like it, well, that's too bad. You know, um, second, I think many of them knew. I can't say which ones. I think many uh, of, of them, including prominent Democrats, um, you know, like Elizabeth Warren, and, and I'm not saying her particularly, but people like her, I think they knew that Twitter was being used, you know, you know, it was basically that the leadership of Twitter was operating as an arm of the Democrat Party uh, pre-presidential election 2020. I think they knew it, and I think they knew they were going to get caught if Elon Musk got into those files. That's why they were so upset about it. They knew the game was up. Now, what Musk will do in the future, you know, we can't know. He's only owned the platform for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. but. You know, we do know things have improved already. Um, you know, he's gotten rid of a very hard left, dangerous people that were in charge of that platform. Now, um, let, let's uh, we're, let's back up a little bit, and some of the things that have happened. We'll look, you know, toward the future as well. But uh, this issue is so large. Um, let's talk about the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security. To what extent? Was their involvement into the policies and decision making going on at Twitter? Uh, well, I, I think that all you need to know is that um, is that Twitter people, particularly this guy Roth, Yoel Roth, who is their head of trust and safety, quote unquote, um, were meeting with with these federal agencies. Uh, you know, and and I mean, to the degree that he could, I'm sure he was carrying out their. Their mandates. And I think here's an example. You know, this Hunter Biden laptop story. Um, you know, that was suppressed by Twitter almost immediately. Uh, and they were directly working, Twitter executives uh, were directly working with Biden campaign people. And if you look at look at the Twitter files, you'll see, for example, there's a there's a a message, an internal Twitter message. Uh, in which um, uh, someone writes, uh, well, the Biden team says these tweets have to be stopped. Well, and and a couple of them obviously were about were about Hunter Biden, and then uh, the the message that came back was, you know, this has been handled or handled. So 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 essentially, the you know the platform uh, was working. Uh, well, some Republicans were saying that it was an in-kind political contribution. The Federal Election Commission denied that. But basically, Republicans are saying by doing this for Biden, you're contributing to the campaign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but doing it for uh, Biden— that, That's really irrelevant to me. I, I couldn't care less about whether they considered that a campaign contribution or not mm-hmm. for legal purposes. The real import of it is is that Twitter directly interfered in the election— by withholding a critical story, by shutting down the, they not only shut down the story, the Hunter Biden laptop story on Twitter. They, uh, I think, they suspended temporarily suspended the New York Post's uh, Twitter feed. It was outrageous, um, and uh, so uh, we know now that Twitter directly interfered with the presidential election by withholding. A, new, a major news story that could have adversely affected the campaign of this non-compassmentous Alzheimer's patient we got in the White House. Okay. Couldn't you also say the same, really, though, about ABC, CBS, NBC? And, I mean, the, these... Well, new... anybody, anybody yeah. that suppressed a story was, was, did the same thing, yes. And the media, the media followed along with this. It took the, it took the New York Times just recently admitted... Uh, that the uh, that the laptop was authentic. They didn't want to know, but they knew, and first of all, anybody with any sense knew that this was real. That it was not Russian disinformation. Mm-hmm. Anybody with a brain that looked at that original story and looked at these original emails knew that it was authentic. Just in the New York Post report. But here's the thing: even if you didn't believe the New York Post. A couple of days later, some other media outlets, conservative media outlets, hired their own experts, and they confirmed it. So there was absolutely no reason for the media to suppress the story. You know, the media, the media is is, is a media is an arm of the mainstream media, 
is an arm of the Democratic Party. It's its media information ministry. All you have to do is spend one day reading the New York yeah. Times or the Washington Post or CNN. You can see it. Right, right. It's ridiculous. It's insane. Now, we understand that um, DHS, FBI, I mean, the, the like of those officials, I've seen some reports saying they were actually meeting regularly, some even reported weekly with Twitter as to what things to cover or, or to block. Yeah, they were they were meeting. They were meeting. Um, they were meeting regularly with Twitter. That's all you need to know. Yeah. The FBI and these federal agencies were meeting with Twitter. Um, and uh, I think, as I recall, I did a different story uh, a couple of weeks ago that said. Um, in which we learned that um, a couple of the FBI people that were in charge of censoring uh, material, I believe, is I, I are in charge of tamping down the story. Were actually uh, contributors to the Democrat Party or to the Democrat candidates, I mm. should say. Mm. E- Elon Musk actually called it election interference. I mean, he used that term, election interference, as to the. Oh, he's public. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I if I'm sitting on a story, what if what if the story had been about Joe Biden's laptop? Yeah, I mean, forgetting all the, the the crazy immoral stuff that Hunter Biden was doing with the women and the and the you know the the sex and all that. What if it were Joe Biden's laptop that had copies of all those emails about you, you know the Ukrainians and the Chinese and Joe Joe's the big guy? What if what if Joe Biden? Uh, or better yet, what if it had been another somebody else's laptop that got left? inadvertently at a repair shop or that somebody had leaked, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that this, the Hunter Biden laptop and it was centered. There's no doubt that Twitter essentially operated as an arm of the democratic party. Now, the other part of this story is, is the, the ideological, um, uh, the ideology of the people who control Twitter, who are hardcore leftists, who do not want you to say that they don't want to have a they don't want to have a debate. Not that there should be a debate because this is a ridiculous debate, but they're not going to let you challenge this this bogus transgender ideology, or this bogus transgender movement. So, you, or if you call someone a groomer. You know, one of these public school teachers that's parading around in drag in front of kids. If you, if you call that person a groomer, this guy Roth is going to come down on you. Well, we know why that is. You know, he's a flaming homosexual. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, that, and that's the other. That's the other part of the story. Apart from the inter- election interfle- interference, it's the uh, it's the is the vicious attack on conservatives. Uh, by these Twitter executives, anytime they tweeted anything that these crazy leftists at Twitter wanted, uh, want, uh, didn't like. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Our court Kirkwood, our guest today, contributing writer to The New American. We are up against a break, friends. And uh, when we come back, we're going to delve into another aspect of uh, information learned as it relates to the removal of a sitting president being banned from Twitter. I mean, a shocking decision that came down January 8th of 2021 and uh, basing things upon January 6th. So we'll get into that part of the story after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, are whales related to any land animals? Chris, evolutionists think they are. In fact, this is one of their strongest arguments these days, that whales evolved from land animals with legs. Some say that the ancestor looked like a cow or maybe a wolf or a hippopotamus. Well, I think they're all wrong. Recently, the head portion of a whale fossil was found in California. It didn't have the rear portion at all, but this didn't keep evolutionists from claiming that they had small rear legs. Chris, why do we believe them? Why do even evolutionists believe them when they make up stories like this? The Bible says that God created whales on day five of creation week. They've always been whales and they still are whales. Even whales go back to Genesis. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Visit our web store at icr.org store and use the promo code FACT at the checkout when ordering your That's a Fact DVD. 
The Twitter files, that's our topic today. Our court, Kirkwood, our guest, and uh, court is a contributing writer to The New American. Their website, thenewamerican.com. You'll find coverage on this issue and so many more that the major media across this country will not pick up or certainly give you a distorted view or uh, suppress or (laughs) shadow ban you from from, uh, getting the information submitted to them. Um, uh, Court, one of the shocking decisions came on January 8th, 2021, when a a sitting president, Donald Trump, banned from Twitter. I'd like you to comment on what's going on here at this time, because I know there's some significant things going on between January 6th and January 8th when when the president was removed. What can you tell us about it? Well, what occurred, you know, what occurred was, um, you know, they've been looking for an excuse to ban him for years, but they could never quite, they could never quite get him. You know, they could never quite justify it according to their policy. So he wrote those two tweets on January 8th, um, very innocuous tweets. They didn't, they didn't incite anybody to anything, but um, they decided, these leftists decided, okay, this is our chance. They had something to hang our hat on. And despite the fact that they really internally admitted that these two tweets on January 8th really didn't violate any uh, violate any policy. They decided um, to ban them anyway. Now here's what here's what they did. You know, Twitter has what they ha- what they had. Uh, I guess what you call a public policy exception. So in other words, a politician or a public figure, according to their policy, would be allowed to say things that might that that they would normally ban if you said it. But because it's a public official and it's newsworthy and it might add information to our story or information to the public debate, they would allow those tweets to go on. They just simply flattened that policy and banned Trump anyway. Hmm. And a lot of it was obviously because of internal employees who were who were really jumping all over that jumping all over Jack Dorsey and and other top executives to ban to ban Trump. There were some people inside Twitter who were very concerned about the precedent it would set. And uh, if you go back and look at uh, what Trump said, it was innocuous. There was absolutely no reason to to, to ban Trump for those two tweets. Um, He never abdicated violence or any, any, any such thing. Now, here's the interesting thing. To me, the more interesting part is not that they violated their own policy to ban Trump, is that they didn't follow their own policy and ban other people who had said outrageous and crazy things like calling for the genocide of the French people or calling for the or calling for the uh, the 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 extinction of Israel and things like that. And those, those tweets um, sometimes were not were not stopped. The the owners of the accounts were not banned. Um, and so there's your contrast. Yeah. In other words, they were simply obsessed. With POTUS forty five, yeah. they, they, it really, it was never a matter of did this man really violate our policies? Did he really incite? There was nothing like that. I mean, all you got to do is look at the tweets, and you'll see that they hated Trump because he threatened them. Because he, you know, he threatened leftist control of the country. Um, remember, just because Trump was president, that doesn't mean that you know leftists are totally out of power. So you know, this is a man that was had a movement going. That could have, I think, possibly threatened that base, possibly. You, uh, and they said, no, we, we can't allow this to go on. This guy's too dangerous. He's, he's you know. And so, bam, there he goes. He's off Twitter, and it, and it cripples him, obviously. Uh, you know, it makes him look bad. And So there, yeah, yeah, they have it. They violate, you know, there was no violation of any of their policies, which they admitted internally. The the new American the the new American just released a story Monday of this week that you wrote and you indicate that the key enforcer behind President Trump's permanent ban from Twitter was none other than the trust and safety chief Yul Roth, a homosexual right. who in 2017 claimed actual Nazis were in the White House. So yeah, actual uh, wh- Nazis are in the White House. I mean, the man the, the man was is deranged. You know, he's obsessed. Uh, here he was obsessed. He. Listen, you have to understand something. This guy, you know, knowing what he does, you know, knowing how he describes himself and the way he comports his life, and this is a man with a disordered mind. And so, you know, you have to look at it from that perspective. And uh, and so when you look at, at this guy, you know, particularly his past tweets, which 
Uh, I may be doing a story on that uh, sometime soon, but this is a this is a fellow who's definitely uh, definitely a little uh, uh, off his rocker when it came to Trump. I mean, he just hated the guy, and he's going to get rid of him. He, he and 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 you know, it's just it's just very indicative of kind of this whole culture at Twitter. I mean, it was it's you know la la land at that place yeah. until Musk got there. I guess he's. He's done a lot to clean it, clean out, mm-hmm. clean it out. So, what, is there any role that that the Obamas had in getting rid, rid of Trump, getting Trump? Well, banned? you know, they. I mean, Michelle Obama was encouraging Twitter to to, to get rid of Trump, as were other top public officials. Yeah, we got to get rid of this guy. He's got to be stopped. You know. So yes, I mean the whole. The great thing about the release of the Twitter files is it really gave it really gave you a look at the inside of the sausage factory. Mm-hmm. You know, it really provided a glimpse into how uh, dangerous these people actually are uh, in, in, when they're in control of, the, of, of, a, of a major media platform. What was there any internal? I mean, a lot of people get the only news, the only places they get their news are Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. So if 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 leftists, if uh, virtual communists, really, I mean culturally, culturally, I mean I'm not. When I say communist, I don't mean people to talk about the labor theory of value. Uh, I'm talking about you know cultural totalitarians and political totalitarians, those kinds of communists. You know, when you have them in control of a major media platform, that's a very dangerous thing. Yeah. Um, because that's not what media platforms are supposed to be, particularly particularly when they advertise themselves, and they are protected by Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. They are protected from defamation claims. You can't sue Twitter. You can't. If I say something bad or false about you, you can't sue Twitter for defamation. You have to sue me directly. Hmm. Because and and the basis of that is that these Facebook and Twitter that these are public bulletin boards and they're not regulated. So they're not responsible for the content, but that's not true anymore. In other words, these the Twitter and Facebook and Instagram they're not publishers in the same sense that a newspaper publisher or a book publisher is, where the publisher is responsible for the content, legally responsible for the content that's coming out. So because of that, they they because they are not public, they have been ruled not to be publishers. Well, they don't carry any liability for anything that they. That's that's on their platform, so they can't be sued. Was there the, pro- the problem? Is this they're behaving as publishers, and this all these Twitter files shows that they're behaving as publishers because they were banning people, they were deleting tweets. That's what publishers do. Okay, so it's you know although they portray themselves as what they here's how they portray themselves. We're just like that little bulletin board up at the grocery store where people pin up pictures of free cats. That's essentially what they were claiming they were. They had no control over it, but that's not true. They're right. censoring people all the time. All the time, yeah. And and and, and their their legal their legal liability exemptions come specifically from an understanding that they do not control content. Court was now, how long that can stand? Yeah, I don't know. Court was there internal pushback going on at Twitter from those who thought, "Hey, we're taking things too far here." Just a little bit. I mean, you know, you had I, there was a there was one person uh, when when Trump was being banned. She said, "Well, you know, I'm from China, and I'm not sure this is a really good idea." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were other people too. Was, hey, I hate to be the fly in the ointment, but is this really the way we ought to be proceeding? This doesn't look like a good idea to me. You know, squelching our sitting president, and, so- and and you know, other actually, this is the funny thing: other foreign leaders in Europe. We're very concerned uh, that that Twitter had banned Trump. Probably and not just because he's a sitting head of state. They probably couldn't figure out what the heck he had done wrong because he didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, was... And the one, and the, is the other thing: the one video where he where he's told, you know, I've, I'm sure you've seen it, where he told, "Look, everybody, go home. We don't want any violence. This, yep. We cannot have we cannot have violence." They took that down. It's amazing. So to to the degree that anyone played a role in furthering the quote unquote insurrection, which it wasn't, but in in the in the in the violence that, that broke out in that mostly peaceful protest at the Capitol, to the degree that anyone played a role in it, Twitter did by banning Trump's tweet that told people to go home and yeah. not be violent. Yeah. 
You know, so we've got the January 6th issue. We've got certainly the leading up to the election, not only uh, the, the 2020, but also the, even the most recent one, uh, 2022. But I'd mm-hmm. like to also bring the COVID shot thing into this as well, because Dr. Fauci uh, testified in a deposition to the uh, Solicitor General of Missouri that his daughter worked at Twitter during the pandemic. Uh, Musk tweeted this. He said, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. Do we know to what extent Twitter influenced policies on COVID or or the shot or prohibition of contrary well, thought? Well, they were, you know, they were squelching anything that they deemed to be misinformation or 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 anything that they thought, uh, you know, disagreed with the uh, with the you know with all the propaganda that was coming out of the CDC and Fauci and 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 all that. I think I think one of the you know, in terms of Fauci himself, the big Fauci just is uh, he just flat out lied about about the origin of this virus, whether it was being subsidized by taxpayers and everything else. We didn't find that out until recently. But at first, yeah, Twitter and Facebook and all these media, well, I shouldn't say all these, those two were, were squelching uh, any information that was contrary to what um, any of these government bureaucrats were saying. They just, uh, just flat out squelched it. Or, or, or if they didn't flat out squelch it and maybe remove you from the platform, permanently suspend you, they would append a note to it. Well, this is really not quite true. You know, go here for more information, and it took you to some official website. Mm-hmm. But they were, you know, they were all in. Twitter people were all in on the COVID propaganda. All in, particularly the vaccines. I mean, all you got to do is follow it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't written about that as much, but you know, I just know from following, you know, from you know, I spend all day on the internet, so I just know from following Facebook and Twitter every day, all day, and being online, how much control they had over the COVID narrative. I saw it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just relentless. Huge impact on on swaying public opinion on any issue. Um. Our court, uh, Kirkwood, with us here today on Crosstalk. And uh, friends, we're talking about Twitter files and also uh, court uh, child exploitation has been another issue. I mean, this past Monday, Twitter announced that they disbanded the company's Trust and Safety Council. Have you followed this part of the story at all? I have not followed that part of the story. But in terms of child exploitation, uh, and this is where this is where it really gets crazy is they shut down libs of TikTok, you know, which is that very popular tic- uh, uh, Twitter account that tracks, you know, these these crazy drag queen shows in public schools and libraries where parents are taking their kids and they're stuffing dollar bills in some weirdo's panties. And, you know, uh, the, the woman who runs libs of day tracks this stuff and, you know, she's got it well over a million followers. And, and Facebook shut her down because she, they said, uh, oh, you know, you're exposing people to danger. Well, no, she's not. She's just showing video that they're taking. Yeah, yeah, exposing uh, You it. know, the thing that really got her in, the latest thing that got her in hot water with Twitter was posting the um, material from the hospitals that do the mutilation surgeries. Mm-hmm. And it's on her own website. So it's not like she's making it up. I mean, yeah. she's just posting material from their own website. We got to take a break. Uh, we'll be back in one minute, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to get online with your question, your comment for our guest today, our number eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine. We'll be right back. There is a significant uptick in the intensity of the issues bombarding us. It's not a single battle being waged, but an all-out war on numerous fronts. The attack on biblical values, the demonizing of Christianity, escalating lawlessness, the emerging secular agenda, and the growing control of the populace are all unfolding. These assaults share the common thread of globalism. Globalism by the powerful elite in order to have supremacy over the people, their land, government, commerce, energy, and even religion. In the book, Globalism, The Great World Consumption, author Richard Smith tackles these matters head on by not only looking at the perilous times in which we live, but to see how this lust for control is propelling us toward a one world political system and both a one world economic and religious system. The book, Globalism, is available from VCY for a donation of $16 or more when you call 1-800-729-9829. 
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. We're talking about the Twitter files today. Our court Kirkwood is with us, contributing writer to The New American, the website, thenewamerican.com, thenewamerican.com. Folks, what is your reaction to this? I mean, we've seen things as far as uh, the the uh, su- suppressing of the Hunter Biden laptop stories. We are seeing the removal of a sitting president of the United States of America. We see that uh, election meddling uh, issues going on. We see the shadow banning matters that are taking place. The whole matter of, of COVID and what information is going to go out to people and what information is being prohibited from going to people. What is your reaction to these things? Our number 800 733 That's 1-800-733-9829. One of the things on this here as well, Court, is the the matter of control. And uh, when we talk about totalitarianism, when we talk about communism, um, they're taking control over things like this. That's one of their key steps, is it not? Well, it is. I mean, what's the you know what's the first thing uh, in the old days when we just had radios and we didn't we didn't even have television, but we did we did have one form of mass communication and that was radio stations. What is the first thing that the, that the totalitarians do when they move in to a conquered territory or a territory they're trying to conquer? They take control of the radio stations, and 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 they begin broadcasting propaganda. Now, mm-hmm. what are our radio stations in modern America? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, any of these groups, you know. So you 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 have I don't know how many billion users on Twitter. Well, when you have that kind of uh, reach, and you're in control of the message, think of the power that gives you. Mm-hmm. Particularly, particularly when you, not only do you control the message, uh, you, you 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 can suppress when you can suppress alternate voices. Uh, on that on that medium, and they really, as a practical matter, have nowhere else to go. Yeah, yeah. To express their views, I mean, you know, Facebook, and and it's a virtual monopoly on the means of public communication. So is Twitter. These are virtual monopolies. There are a, a significant number of people get their news or or see their news ideas, stories to read on Facebook or Twitter. They don't. They don't. Watch TV. They don't. Um, they don't read a newspaper. They look online every morning at their Twitter feed. They see what news stories are there. And if you uh, and, and same with Google, you know, they because they can control search results. You know, if you're looking for a certain news story, right. uh, Google the people at Google control whether you're going to see that in your search results. Friends, our number to crosstalk is 800-733-9829. Still have some lines available, 800-733-9829. We have Patsy in Illinois. Hi, Patsy. You're on the air. Um, thank you for taking my call. I was wondering what to do with the information that, you know, I'm I'm ready to, to um, stand on the Christian values. I was just wondering how we could combat, you know, the misinformation and that. Yeah. Good question. Thank you for the call. What do we do with this information? I mean, how, how, is there any point of action people can take to this? Well, you know, these, these are private companies, but I, I, I guess, you know, you, you, you put pressure on them by continuing to do what you do, making mm-hmm. your contributions to those platforms and, and, uh, you know, putting pressure on the people that own these companies. Uh, to stop, to stop what they're doing. I don't know how much good that's going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really a matter, I don't think. I, I don't know how much of a matter it would be for government involvement. I haven't thought about it too much. But, um, you know, it, it, there, there is one thing. I mean, there, there, and, and there is one thing we have to realize. These people have the upper hand right now. Now, with Elon Musk in charge, you know, maybe that's going to change a little bit. But even with Elon Musk, he still has the upper hand. One person's in control. All right, so what you have to understand is is that you're operating in an environment where basically we're not in control, okay? Um, we, we have effectively undergone a communist coup in this country, hmm. and we have to realize that and act appropriately. So it's, we're, this is, it's not 1950s America anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not even 1985 America or, or, or 2000 America. We're in a different country now. 
and and you know you have we have to behave appropriately and begin to move to protect ourselves um from these from these totalitarians that have power i mean if you, if you just look at, at at what was going on on january 6th inside congress with pelosi and these democrats it was outrageous um uh what you know when you have when you have for example and let's look at uh, the House Speaker. You know, uh, when the Obamacare bill came up, uh, was was being voted on. Somebody asked her a question: "Where is this authorized in the Constitution?" Mm-hmm. And her answer was, "Oh, get serious." Yeah, there wasn't an answer. Yeah, we need to pass, and, uh, and, and, and also and, we've know, got to pass this so we find out what's we in have it. Republicans, you know, in a powerful position there to to stop that monstrosity. Yeah. Uh, we've always, you know, there were, Trump had a Republican Senate and House for the first two years of his administration. Nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, several people online here. Jose in Milwaukee, you're on the air. Hi, I just um, want to let you guys know something. I am at, considered myself a average listener of VCY and uh, information that you guys share also um, with Brandon House. I share that information on Facebook with friends and church that I have on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally this morning, um, funny thing you guys are talking about this, um, me and my wife, we shared her account, and we could not get into it. And the reason they told us was because of supposedly suspicious activity. And my wife went through the chat to see if she can get back into our account. And the thing is that they asked her, they wanted proof by showing her ID and my wife basically told her, why do you need this information? And I told her the same thing, but it was odd. She did not give them the information, but my question is, why would they even want her personal ID, and what would, would they do with it? Hmm. Any response to that, Court? Well, I, yeah, yeah, my one question is, are you, one, are you sure you were talking to somebody at Facebook? Well, it was like our, a link to the, our account, and it was... Immediately, it was like um, a suspicious activity uh, linked to their website, and we had to go through a chat system. Right. I, I'd be very careful of that because if they get your information, yeah. they can uh, – if that's a scammer, they could uh, – I'm not saying it is a scammer. I might, maybe, maybe really is Facebook. I, that, that, but I thought, I thought you were going to say that they shut your account down for, for violating their guidelines because you shared something that was too Christian. Well, the funny thing is that in, in the response, they say they blocked our account where no one on our page can see our information or account either. <laughs> my, my, my. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very thing we're talking about here. Thank you for the call. You know, hey, I'll tell you, Facebook the other day, uh, something came over my feed and the Facebook regulators had hidden a picture of a rosary. Because it was sensitive content. Chuck is calling I mean, from that's what we're dealing Klamath with. Falls, Oregon. Chuck, you're on the air. Yes. Uh, when I started my uh, Christian websites uh, 10 years ago, uh, it was the trajectory was going straight up. and uh, But then after a few years, Google um, shadow banned me so that now uh, if you type in a search on my website uh, on Google, you won't find my website. Uh, you can find it on maybe other search, smaller search engines, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, <laughs> it's just almost impossible yeah. to find my my website on on Google. Yeah. So I just wanted. Oh yeah, to yeah. There are there Suppression. are actually very prominent conservative websites that have been that have been shadow banned by by Google, where they you you if you do a search, you'll you'll get nothing from that website, yeah. even if you type the name of the website, you know, into with your search term. Thank nothing you. Nothing will come up. Yeah, thank you, Chuck. Uh, Colleen, you're next. Uh, Menominee Falls, you're on the air. Hi, I I'm just so thankful thankful for VCY because you are over the air, and no one. I mean, aside from me sticking my nose out and and uh, talking to you now, I mean, you can hear anything with privacy over the air. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful that you're there. I'm thankful for Elon Musk uh, 
freeing up Twitter. But know that he is a transhumanist. Pray for him because uh, they can keep track of every single Twitter thing you take in. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's another aspect of this as well. <laughs> um, everything you type is, I mean, it's a, really a permanent record there, Court. Yep. Yep. Yeah, everything you put on Twitter, everything you put on Facebook is is recorded. Friends, uh, our number, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Landy is next. Hi, Landy, you're on the air. Hi there. Well, you know what I hear you both saying, and it's wonderful that you're bringing this information out, but I keep getting drawn back to the fact that what's, what I'm hearing is that we're putting our trust in ourselves and what we can do to stop these things. We can't do a lot. We can do the small things that you're talking about, elected officials and so on and so forth, but, you know, our trust is, has to be in the Lord. We mm-hmm. have to pray incessantly, constantly for every one of these people and for every one of these situations and yep. put it in the Lord's hand because ultimately, without question, he's the one that's going to change these things, and he is the one that's coming again to change them all. So I... I I hate to say it this way, but I think you're spinning your wheels trying to figure out a way to stop all this stuff. No, we're exposing us here, Landy, and I don't disagree with what you've said at all, uh, the the important aspect of prayer, because all of these things that we bring up on Crosstalk indeed are uh, evidences of, of depravity, of a, a spiritual issue that's going on in our world today. And uh, certainly we know the, the answer is God. It is his word, that is, which is a you know, a, a constant authority or source of authority. And, and uh, thank you for echoing that here today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Uh, we have next from Hartford, uh, Brian, you're on the air. Hi there. I got a uh, possible solution. Um, one, one second here. What if all the Christians band together and then uh, knocked on doors, you know, with, with what's really going on? Or if, say, a company would, uh, you know, start out like, say, like an example would be like the Milwaukee Brewer Stadium. Run out the Milwaukee Brewer Stadium, and everything can be outlined to what's really going on in the world and get the word out. And it, it could spread that way. I don't know. Okay. Well, thank you for your thoughts. And, and uh, on that, it's one of the forms we're using, of course, is radio and reaching many people through this regard. Uh, the New Americans using uh, the, the New American magazine, the, the newamerican.com as well, to uh, to echo out that information. But uh, I, I believe often in the issues that we talk about, uh, you just use that, uh, that sphere of influence that you have, the people you come in contact with. And as per the previous call, caller, to uh, always keep these matters bathed in prayer as well. Yes, the answer doesn't lie within us. Uh, certainly, uh, God is the answer through such times as which we live. We are going to take a quick break, and we'll come back to the final segment here on Crosstalk. Our Court Kirkwood, our guest today, contributing writer to The New American, their website, thenewamerican.com. Back in a minute here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Jesus in Luke 21 said, Look up, your redemption draweth nigh when you see these things happening. In other words, he said, Hey, you want to know what my second coming will look like? What will be going on before I arrive? Well, here's some of them, he says. Well, are we seeing some of these things happen? Wars, rumors of wars, plagues, pestilence? Yep. The Pentagon gives Ukraine the green light for drone strikes inside Russia. That's a headline today. And we'll be even providing some of the weaponry. You think they're pushing us toward World War III, the increasing of war? Now we have a pandemic simulation once again reported by the same players that were involved in the pandemic simulations in 2019 before the coronavirus in 2020. Now they're preparing for one that will kill upwards of a billion people, including children. They ran this in October of 2022. They're saying it's coming in 2025. I could go on and on. Plagues, pandemics, and other things the Bible predicted. Look up.
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Our topic today, the Twitter files with Court Kirkwood, who's written on these uh, matters here for The New American, their website, thenewamerican.com. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Uh, Reggie is calling in next. Hi, Reggie. You're on the air. Hello. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a frequent listener and, and caller. I was wondering if you could recommend or give me some advice on how you can get people who are SOS, stuck on stupid, to see this lie. I mean, I have family and friends who are stuck, and it's just so it hurts my heart that they believe this lie, and I need them to hear the truth. Can you suggest anything? Well, one one thing certainly is by listening to programs like this, uh, uh, the New American uh, Court. I know that uh, it's just filled with articles and information that that uh, doesn't uh, kowtow to you know the stories of the national media. Well, I think I, you know, with regarding to hearing, you know, learning the truth and and getting at the truth of matters. You know, I think generally, I think with some people, you know, you have one thing will happen. You know, they'll they'll look into one news story or they'll look into one claim and they'll find out that it's false. And that'll, you know, one thing will lead to another. Um, the one thing I know is with most of these leftists, you know, you're not going to talk them out of their leftism. Uh, it's something, unfortunately, they have to do themselves. They've got to do the spade work and then begin to question the received wisdom. Um, you know, it takes and and then let me let me give you an example uh, of what I mean by this. So years ago, you know, we all know that, that that Pearl Harbor. We all know the real story behind Pearl Harbor. Now, that Roosevelt knew it was coming. He provoked the Japanese into attacking us. Well, forty years ago, when my father was still alive, I mentioned this to him, and he looked at me and he said, "No, no president of the United States would ever do that." He just refused to believe it. Now, it's not because he was a stupid man. I can tell you that. It's just he, you know, from his era, from his time, he was he would never believe that 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 could happen. And and you have to get out of that. You have to get people out of that frame of mind to believe, oh, that could never happen. This is this is obviously false, or this person's, you know, irredeemably evil, or you know, Trump's a racist, Trump's a sexist, Trump's a homophobe. He's not any of those things. But there are people who believe it. it, and and I think that generally I don't know that there's anything you and I can do to change somebody's mind. That has to come internally with them. Thank you for the call here. We've got Dave in Santa Fe, New Mexico. You're on the air. Um, yes. Hey, Jim. I was just thinking what, you know, if Jesus is here, he would have to say to us, what do we spend our time looking at this box, whether it's the whatever, the Facebook box, the propaganda box, of this, uh, what streams across the airways. I mean, as believers, as Christians, we just do not even need to participate in this, whether it be Facebook, you know, television in general, uh, whatever, Instagram and all this kind of stuff. I, I mean, this is all purely manipulated, utter lies. Well, some of the things are utter lies. I would agree with you, Dave, but uh, certainly technology and the various tools that it offers is also a platform to proclaim truth. And as a Christian broadcast network, we use it for that end. And so, therefore, we do operate television, for instance, but but we are not kowtowing to the philosophies of this world. And so we also put it out on social media, for instance, vcy.tv. And so the technology itself is not so much the issue. It's how we utilize that technology and uh, even listening to radio, as you are right now, but using the, the, these platforms in order to advance truth, to advance uh, biblical teachings, is, uh, is, is a way that we can use these things for good and reach people who are very much invested in their time in going to these media sources. Oh, I, I, I see what you mean, and I totally agree. And I basically listen to you and Brandon House every day, mm-hmm. and that is the sum total of my quote-unquote news, sure, right? So, but I just mean the secular side oh, yeah. that we've got to be involved in yep. Yep. commenting and, you know, yep. whoa, Fox yep. News said something, and <laughs> well, it, it, it's yeah. an absolute joke. Yeah, it's, it's, it, there is, it is filled with a lot of trash that's out there, and uh, thank you for the call, and, and also, uh, Court, as you're talking about, it's also filled with a lot of manipulation out there as well, which we have seen, you know, through the exposing of the Twitter files, how it was used, uh, Twitter used for manipulation purposes. Yes, it was.
Yeah. As anything can be. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, the printing press has been used for manipulative yep, purposes. Yep, yep. Uh, we've got Randy in Tomo, Wisconsin. You're on the air, Randy. Yeah, hello, uh, Jim and, and your guests. I, I just wanted to make a couple of comments. Um, uh, being with the John Birch Society, we're quite uh, familiar with uh, companies and also a number of individuals and all sorts of uh, uh, different, uh, those in the media and a lot of out of uh, different outlets uh, that are in the Council on Foreign Relations or the CFR. And uh, both Google and Facebook are corporate members of the CFR. And uh, one other comment I wanted to make, too, this was in one of our magazines a while back, The New American, that um, uh, I remember reading that uh, in, the one, in, a, in an article that uh, uh, Elon Musk was uh, – he went. He's one of the young. They call them the young global leaders. That uh, he was mentored by uh, Klaus Schwab. So uh, I'm. I'm kind of, be very careful yep. Yep. with him. You know. There's that. Yep, yeah. Indeed, a very big picture here, and all part of the the Great Reset, which we've talked about. We're going to squeeze one last call in, then a final comment from our guest, uh, Jim. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yes, I'm just calling in regard to that gentleman that said, you know, just to pray about it, and we're spinning our tires by not doing, uh, by trying to do stuff. And yes, we should be praying about it. But if we don't act, shame on us. And that's the why. That's why we're in this boat, is because too many Christians stood back and prayed and didn't do nothing. And we we have to act. And and it starts with the pastors in the booth. You know, and and but we have to act; otherwise, it could get worse. And if Christians don't stand up, good goodbye. Thank you, you. Know? thank you, Jim, for your call here today. As uh, we talk about often on this program, being both salt and light. Uh, final word from you here, Court. We have thirty well, seconds. Well, I thought that call was that was interesting because if if you're just saying, "Well, I'm just going to pray and not do anything about it," you're committing the sin of presumption. Hmm. Um, you know, you're just presuming that God's going to come down and save you without any effort on your part, or God's going to ameliorate this situation without any effort on your part. Of course, you should do something about it. Yeah. So I think what that caller said is is very true. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I guess the, the upshot of this is uh, we now know uh, who was running Twitter, who was in control, yep. Yep. Uh, and all of our worst suspicions and fears were confirmed. Yeah. Court, thank you for your time here today, and we're out of time, but uh, thank you for exposing many things. Your writings there at thenewamerican.com, and thanks for carving out the time to be with our listeners today. Well, thanks for having me. And friends, thanks for tuning in here to Crosstalk, and as always, yes, continue to keep this nation in prayer. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.